Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to the first Field Notes podcast of 2021. I'm your host, Jeff Weisenberger. This month, we'll be talking with Carlos D. Oliveira and Michael Gray, co-founders of AISC member company and amazing steel castings company, Cast Connects. Uh, welcome to you both. Thanks, Jeff. Hey. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to chat. So let's let's start from the beginning. How did you two meet? Well, we, we met when we were both uh, co-op work term students at a structural engineering firm in Toronto. Um, I was on a four-month work term, and uh, Michael was partway through his uh, year-long work term there. We were sitting beside each other and, uh, and, and tasked with uh, similar projects, and um, yeah, we got to know each other working side by side there. Yeah, two two things stand out. Uh, the first day I met Carlos, he told me he was going to start his own firm, and then the second thing is he tried to sell me a CD from his uh, his rock band that uh, he was like peddling. Like he's like, "Hi, I'm Carlos. Will you buy a CD?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but Michael did buy it. Yeah, I, I'll point out. <laughs> Although that that's a bit of a point of contention now because he has he holds that over me. As a threat that he's gonna he's gonna play it for all of our employees. Oh goodness! You've, you've yeah. probably you probably keep that one in your pocket just in case. Exactly. You yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like the <laughs> nuclear option. We don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to go there really, unless unless I have to. Yeah, but the the funny thing is, like by the end of the work term, he was like, "We should start our own business," and I was like, "This guy is nuts. No way." <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, that's what I was wondering when you said that, when he, when he mentioned that about his own business, there's two reactions, either I'm on board or you're crazy. So yeah. <laughs> eventually, eventually you got on board, obviously. So yeah, maybe like, so from there, what is sort of the, the rest of the origin story for Cast Connects? And before, and, and then fit this in if you want, but I do recall an earlier conversation involving a van trip, although that might've been, that might, that, that was maybe further along in the process. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it all kind of ties together, to be honest. Um, so during my, my co-op work, work term, um, sitting beside Michael, I was applying to uh, grad, grad school, and I was considering going to the, to the U.S. Um, both Michael and I uh, were uh, born and raised in Toronto. Um, and Michael, at the time, was, was working or studying at the University of Toronto, and he suggested that I look into going to the University of Toronto uh, to do my master's degree. Um, he was talking about the excellent professors there in civil engineering and the incredible um, structures, laboratory test facilities that they have there. Um, and I, at the time I was studying at the University of Waterloo and, you know, he, he really pitched the university to me and I applied and of course uh, got in. And so I ended up, um, uh, working with professors Jeff Packer and Constantine Christopoulos. Uh, Jeffrey Packer, of course, uh, uh, being well known for um, tubular connections and, and HSS, um, and uh, Professor Christopoulos um, in seismic uh, design of structures. And my master's thesis topic was to study seismic resistant brace frame connections and to look at how we might be able to leverage casting manufacturing to simplify those types of connections. So that was that was the topic of my master's thesis and was was really part of the nexus of, of our business. Um, Michael plays played a role, of course, in, in convincing me to go to U of T, which was critical. But then um, a year into my master's thesis, um, my, my, my two 
supervisors who are, you know, outstanding uh, mentors as well, um, were encouraging me to switch streams from a master's thesis to a, a PhD, and I turned them down. I had other aspirations, um, and so they they came to me one day and they said, "Well, you know, since you've turned us down, you're going to be finishing your master's in a, your master's thesis in about a year. We need to to get another student to continue your research and work. And we've got this great student in mind. He he studied at U of T." as well in his undergrad and he's really bright and intelligent you, you you know you might know him his name is michael gray and it was really funny because uh michael and i of course were best friends and um i thought it was really really fitting that uh that michael was going to actually be taking my research to um to the next level so to speak uh, when he started his master's thesis which eventually became uh, a doctorate Okay. And so, and so that, that was, um, that, that research eventually led into, uh, the, the creation of our business. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The van story, <clears throat> the van story is more about our first, um, trip to NESCC, like the North right. American yeah. Construction yeah. Conference. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So we had like founded Casconex, um, earlier, maybe a year earlier. And this was kind of, I mean, you know, when you're starting a company like this, there's some effort into just like getting, a, you know, products developed, doing some testing. And this was our big launch. And, you know, um, it might seem glamorous, especially if you're not familiar with Casconex from back then and you think of what you see today. But it was like the two of us in a rented van driving from Toronto to Nashville, like prototype castings in the back rolling around and like a few pop-ups we didn't know what we were doing you know and it, like the crazy like part of the story is like halfway down there we realized like we didn't do any we didn't even paint the castings and so we were like we pulled over at a hardware store and we're like you know bought a wire brush and we're trying to clean like the samples like yeah it was it was pretty uh pretty brutal but uh you gotta start somewhere i suppose <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, uh, bootstrapping for certain. I, I, you know, attendees to NASCC, which is easily our favorite our favorite conference and trade show every year. Um, attendees at NASCC might might not appreciate just how much effort and work goes into having a booth and and getting your materials there and setting them all up. And you know, when you're when you're a, a small company like we were at the time, one employee um, and, and a kind of a part time employee and Michael. <laughs> Um, as he was finishing his PhD, um, and we, you know, we had to get get our materials down there, um, and set it all up ourselves, and and try to look somewhat professional. Um, it, it it's uh, it, it was a fun time in in the start of our business, that's for sure. <laughs> Definitely, the, the only thing that could have made that story even better was, and the van broke down. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Scrubbing, scrubbing rusty castings in the parking lot of a Walmart is uh, is, is pretty epic. <laughs> Everything <laughs> that's an acceptable substitute, sure. <laughs> everything else probably broke down. Like those first few years of trade shows, I think I went to a hardware store in every city. Like I've been to so many hardware stores. <laughs> Like it, following any SEC because you just you need to fix whatever you know. Sure. Well, so that's that's great. And that's, no, that's a, I remember that story. That's a, that a fantastic story. And um, so that just that makes me think of the next question. So you were talking about having a bunch of prototypes. Can you talk about the maybe the first connection that you both came up with? 
the first one you developed sure. for SNS? Sure. So the, the first, our company's first product was our high-strength connector, which are mm-hmm. our steel castings for the use at the end of bracing in special and ordinary concentrically braced frames. Um, and that we actually developed that as part of my master's thesis work. Um, and okay. so, so it, it ended up becoming our, our, our first product. And the, the first use of that product actually came about because we were, we were clever enough to engage a very important steel fabricator to build our uh, lab test specimens when we were doing full-scale testing um, at the University of Montreal uh, mm-hmm. at Cole Polytechnique with Robert Tremblay. We had uh, Canon fabricate our, our test specimens because we thought if we could get our high strength connectors in the hands of a big steel fabricator, um, they will appreciate how they simplify fabrication and, and uh, how they go together easily. And it might, you know, come to something in the future. And, and sure enough, they were actually the ones to use our high strength connectors in the first building. In fact, um, they suggested and, and pulled our connectors into that project. They were building a, a four story um, uh, office building in an empty lot that was beside their fabrication shop. And, um, and they, they leveraged our high check connectors and that turned out to be our first, our company's first commercial sale. Thanks in particular to one gentleman there, uh, Pierre Gignac. He was a great engineer and very influential on our early years of starting our business. Very supportive. Well, that's, yeah, that's excellent. And that's a great, um, I mean, it's, I just love the fluidity of that. So this is something you developed during graduate school that eventually became the first product in your company. And then when you went to fabrication, they actually were the ones who were, who who were able to use it first. So that, I mean, and that's a great first use because from there you can say, wow, hey, look, you know, this, this major company is is using our cast, uh, our castings. Um, and, and then, so, I mean, I, cause one of my questions was one of the first project, what was one of the first project, but that was it. So I got to ask, what was the second one? Oh, that's a good, that's question. A good question. The second one was a, um, our second product, which was kind of like launched uh, in parallel with the high strength connector, uh, which is the universal pin connector. I think it was the, um, a U.S. air force base control center in Jersey. Okay. Um, but, yeah. but I mean, another real early project um, for at least our getting involved with, I mean, it takes time to get things constructed and finished was the Queen Richmond Center as well. And I mean, the team yeah. there was tremendously supportive in getting our start. I mean, that's a huge project for us. It wasn't for uh, Stevenson Engineering um, and Anco Architects and Walters, the f- fabricator, we wouldn't mm-hmm. have gotten a, a shot at that. And frankly, they were crazy to even like let us do something like that. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, that's, we're still riding that project, right? Like we're still, you know, promoting it because it was so big for us. I mean, how could you? Well, it, 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 it's an it's an insane structural feat, really. Each one of our castings is carrying twenty million pounds of force, um, <laughs> in, in in supporting uh, something like twelve stories of uh, reinforced concrete office tower up in the air. Um, of course, you could only do that on steel, um, right. and and it and it's uh, architecture exposed structural steel, no less. Um, but it, it's just such a, a tremendous project and um, such a, a great way to leverage casting manufacturing. Yeah, we, we often tell the story about that project. Oh, absolutely. Well, and you, as you said, not, as, not only is it a huge project, but, you know, 
the castings themselves are, are literally, I mean, they're enormous. Um, and, and that's one of those buildings that I'd say anybody who should go to Toronto, I mean, you know, people go to various cities around the world and they look at the famous structures, but like that's one that whether or not it's like a, a culturally significant project or something like the Empire State Building or the CN Tower or the Statue of Liberty, I'm like, that's that's one that you just need to, everybody should go see that atrium. Yeah, yeah, you, you walk into that atrium, it, it's 70 feet up to the soffit of the underside of the building that's up in the air. and um these these sculptures these structural steel sculptures are supporting the building and you totally forget that it's a building up in the air above you right? you're you're in this massive airy space and these these steel structures they look more like sculptures like art um you 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 totally lose track of the fact that they're supporting the entire building over over your head it's it's really incredible well, so, you know, speaking of inspirational buildings, I, I was, let's, let's go step back even further before college and when you two met, um, I, you know, what, what got you both, were you, or let me ask it this way, were you both always interested in buildings and construction? And then on, you know, the, the, the sub question to that is what are some of the first buildings that, uh, that did inspire you both, you know, individually? You know, I think like most structural engineers, if, if you ask, if you ask most structural engineers this question, they'll say, well, I used to play with Lego growing up or Tinker Toys, you know, and, uh, and, and, you know, at least it's the same, the same for me. Um, I, I think I was always into math and sciences and uh, really, really driven to create and build and, and invent and design things. Um, with respect to uh, uh, architecture, influential architecture, um, when I was a child, I, I had very fond memories of going to the uh, uh, Ontario place which features um, the Cinesphere, which is a spherical structure, um, a theater structure. Um, and I always remember looking at the, 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 the structure of that building, which is actually on its outside, it's exoskeletal, um, and, and being fascinated and thinking about how that was put together and constructed. And, you know, lo and behold, 20 years later, we are designing and engineering and supplying gigantic Castile nodes for building the world's largest spherical structure that is under construction right now in Las Vegas. So it's kind of a uh, full circle on that as well. Okay. Yeah. For me, I guess like uh, the first building I remember actually like, you know, making me feel some kind of inspiration uh, was I it's probably it's a building called uh, Brookfield Place in Toronto, and it's an atrium um, designed by Santiago Calatrava. Um, some really beautiful, complex AESS arches support this kind of roof. And if you've been to Toronto and you're an engineer architect, you probably drop by that uh, that site. It's like uh, it's a well-known uh, space in the city. Sure. But very, you know, very interesting. Yeah. You know, speaking of Toronto, uh, you know, it sounds like you're both from there. What are some of your favorite things about the city? I think I'd have to say it's the diversity. Toronto's really known as a diverse city, uh, diverse city. There are um, all kinds of cultures from all around the world uh, living together in pretty pretty good harmony. Lots of great restaurants, places to go. Um, and it, as a business operator, it's great because it's enabled us to have a very diverse team and with lots of ideas and different backgrounds, which I think helps keep our company really healthy. Um, so we love it. You know, I uh, couldn't imagine calling anywhere else home. The, the cold in the winter sometimes makes me wonder, but <laughs> there is that. 
And then when it comes to producing the castings, um, I, I, it's different forges, different producers, depending on the project. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we, we subcontract the manufacturer of the components that we produce, but we oversee their, their manufacture and production. So we, we, have, we put people into the facilities to check on quality control and assurance. And um, uh, we, we form good partnerships with all of the manufacturers that we leverage. We've worked with many, many different foundries of all different sizes. Um, you know, as you can appreciate, the, the foundry that produces uh, a small casting that you can pick up with your hands, say something that weighs like 20 pounds, efficiently is not going to be the same foundry that would be able to produce um, a 35,000 pound cast node for the Queen Management Center. <laughs> so, um, you, you know, we, we have to work with a, a lot of different um, uh, uh, vendors, uh, both foundries, board shops, machine shops, um, fabrication facilities. You know, so sometimes we supply architecture exposed structural steel fitted with casting. And so we, we also hire fabricators as well. Um, and so we're, you know, we, we, we benefit from all of these uh, great partnerships that we've formed with, with lots of different um, manufacturers across the United States and Canada. Excellent. Okay, I got another question about Toronto. Is, is, is it Torontonians? Is that correct? Is that the way to say it? Yep, that's yep. correct. Okay, as lifelong Torontonians, I, I'm going to make an assumption, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you're both Maple Leafs fans? Clearly. Well, indeed, yes. <laughs> okay, well, here's my question, and I'm not going to talk about, like, you know, why the drought and championships and that sort of thing, but uh, I've never gotten a good answer to this question. It's the Toronto Maple Leafs. Why isn't it the Toronto Maple Leaves? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, that, that's the best answer, that, that equals the best answer I've ever gotten. So yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, well, individually, each each is a leaf. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't answer. I don't know why. Oh yeah, no, that's 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 fair. That's fair. Um, so, and I also have to ask Carlos, uh, what was your band called? Sound of Mind. Sound of mind. Clever. I like it. Did you sing or did you play an instrument? I, I both sang and played lead guitar. Okay. Fantastic. Well, yeah, hopefully, hopefully someday the world will be able to hear the, the, the joyful or whatever, angry. I don't know what type of sound. I don't know. We'll, we'll let Michael decide that. <laughs> yeah. I should probably like, uh, you know, pull that those files off of that cd because like pretty soon i won't be able to read the thing right, right. like there's oh, no cd drives it. anywhere yeah <laughs> they need to be preserved for posterity yeah <laughs>